morning, everybody. Welcome once again to our Sunday morning time together here at the Digital Cathedral. Trust that you've had a good week and you're ready this morning to settle in for just a few minutes and to discover some truths that may well change your life for the better. That's what we try to do here at the Digital Cathedral every week. We try to be very practical, very methodical, and lay this stuff down line upon line, precept upon precept, so that you can grasp it, integrate it into your life, and see positive change. If I were to put a title on the teaching this morning, I would call it Your Creative Womb. Your Creative Womb. We're going to look at the womb of creation that lies within you. So I'd like to begin this morning over in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Hang on this morning. Fasten your seatbelts. We're going to go fast and we're going to go deep and we're going to say some things that may well change your world. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, to keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. That means to guard it. That's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to guard the things that come into your heart. And he says, make sure that you guard it carefully because out of it flows the issues of life. The word issues there is, is a little bit... Um, a little bit nebulous, not quite sure what that means. So if you do a little research on the word issues, you'll actually find that it means the, the parameters, the borders, or the limitations of your life. So out of your heart flows the limitations, the borders, and uh, the limits of your life. So your heart is going to set the pace on the way that you live. We also read in Proverbs, uh, the writer of Proverbs said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you birth, what these two, these two passages in Proverbs are trying to get across to us is that you are going to birth whatever it is that is in your heart. So the first scripture that we read out of 423 says you need to be careful about what goes into your heart because what goes into your heart is going to come out of your heart. It's going to set the limits, the borders, uh, it's going to set the parameters that your life takes. And then again, in later in Proverbs, he says, keep your heart, uh, or as a man thinks in his heart. So the heart has the ability to produce itself. The heart is the womb of creation. We're going to look, look at this a little bit closer this morning in terms of I am. So he's telling us, let me just establish this. He's telling us the wisest man that ever lived is telling us that the heart, the inner man, the subconscious, the spirit man, we could use any, any number of uh, descriptive terms that we wanted to, but it is the center of creation for your life. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said this. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So whatever your heart is filled with, whatever grows in your heart to an abundance, out of the abundance of the heart, the overflow, the growth, the mouth is automatically going to speak. If you wonder what's in somebody's heart, just listen to the words that come out their mouth. Paul said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And I think what Paul is trying to get across to us is that you need to look with diligence the seed that goes into your heart that is going to produce the abundance that your mouth speaks. So we wanna make sure that we are renewed in the spirit of our mind because out of our mind, our thoughts, the imagination creates a picture and those pictures are dropped into our heart and as it grows, the mouth automatically speaks a creative word. So it runs from the mind, thoughts, imagination, 
to the heart, overflowing in abundance, spoken by words out the mouth. So as sons, we need to develop this ability to create. We have innate within us. In fact, you have created. You, you're creating all of the time. If you look around your life and think about the way that you're living, you have actually created by your thoughts, your, <clears throat> your imaginations, what, what pictures you've painted. You've allowed that to grow in your heart and then you've spoken it. And you can look around in the circumstances, the, the way that you're living pretty much is a product of what you have created. And I think Jesus is trying to get us to understand that we are co-creators with him. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning, and we're going to dig on this just a little bit. But let me just start over with a, with a familiar verse. I like to start with the known and then go to the unknown. So that's kind of the way I teach. I teach systematically. I teach line upon line. But I like to start with the known and move to the unknown. Because once you see it in the known, then the unknown becomes a little easier to grasp. So over in Mark chapter 11... Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. We see this whole thing in operation. And Jesus is encouraging us to, um, to function in it to, let it, to let it develop. Mark 11, 23, very familiar verse. I want you to see all four of these things in operation. The thoughts, the imagination, the overflow of the heart, and the words that are spoken. Watch, Mark eleven twenty three. 23. For assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So let's walk through this process. The thought comes that we have a mountain. Now, in this case, it's I think it's the mountain is put in a negative light. So the thought comes that we have a mountain. So the imagination begins to, to get a construct of this mountain, draws a very vivid picture of it, and it drops the picture of that mountain into our heart. And that picture of the mountain that's in our heart grows. And then he says that if we will say to this mountain that, we have, that we've developed, that we've grown, that we see uh, fully what it is, you get a full grasp on it. You will say to this mountain, be thou removed, which is what you created, a removal of the mountain, and you don't doubt in your heart, which is the overgrow, it is developed. He said, you're going to have whatever that you say. So all four of these things are in operation in Mark 11, 23. The thought, the imagination, the heart, and the words. So Jesus is encouraging us to work this out. You, you create what you want to happen to the mountain. Do you want the mountain to move or do you want the mountain to get bigger? Do you want the mountain to be a tremendous obstacle or do you want it removed? He said, you create it in your heart, the destiny, the destination, the future of that mountain and let it grow, let it develop. And he said, then out of the abundance of that heart, you won't doubt anymore and you'll speak it with the words of your mouth. So we're talking about going from the unseen to the seen, developing the ability to speak to that mountain. You can't see words, you can't see thoughts, you can't see imaginations but they do have a seen result. What we're talking about this morning, the womb of creation, we're talking about taking that which is invisible and bringing it to the visible. This, is intrigued. this has intrigued me for probably 10 or 15 years, and I've just continued to study, and grace has led me into a lot of this. Finished work of the cross, God's love for us has, has taken me into this area where I believe that you are able to create. I believe it's an innate ability that you have because you are a God type of being. You have a divine nature, all that we've studied, and I think that it culminates in us being able to create the world that we live in. 
Let's look at another verse. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. We're talking about unseen to seen. We're talking about invisible to visible. In Hebrews chapter 11, let me just back up here to Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to read just one verse for you. Verse 23. I'm sorry, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. All right, let's make sure you get it. Maria always writes the scriptures down. So Hebrews 11, 3. By faith that we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Watch this. They were framed by the word of God. Where did God get that word to speak? It came out of God's heart. And what, where did, where did what's in God's heart come from? We, re, we read in Genesis a couple of weeks ago, and we'll hit it again a time or two, because I want it to be deeply entrenched, that in the first chapter of Genesis, God thought out the entirety of creation before Genesis chapter 2, verse 5, he ever formed a man and breathed life into his lungs. He already said in 126, let us make man in our image. But there was no visible man yet till 2, 5. So God created it first in his mind. And then in chapter 2, verse 5, he, he formed the man. He, he spoke it. He, he made the, the, the manifested what you could see. It came from Genesis 126, 7 and 8, what you couldn't see. So exactly what he's saying here in Hebrews 11, 3. Hebrews 11, 3. By faith we understand that the word, worlds were framed by the word of God. They were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. So God brought the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. It ran the same track. This is the creative process. Thought, imagination, dropped into the heart where it grows in abundance, and out of that abundance, the mouth will automatically speak. So we need to, we need to settle some things. If you're, gonna, if you're gonna be a creator, you need to settle, without a shadow of a doubt, this union that you have with the Father and the joint airship that you have with Jesus. And you need to understand that you are wall-to-wall Christness within you. You have a spirit nature within, and that makes your identity divinity. The first I am that you need to be able to establish in your life is I am of a divine order. I'm not, I'm not a human. I am a spirit that is having a human experience. You've been raised to think you're a human, so now when you begin to learn spiritual truth, you're, you're observing spirit. You're looking at it. You need to reverse the process. You are fully, entirely spirit. You have always been spirit. You are spirit, and you always be spirit. Spirit has no beginning and has no end. You were with God in the very beginning, and you will continue throughout eternity. You are an eternal being. There's no two ways about it. We need to understand that we are that we are. Uh, in union with the Father, joiners with Jesus, wall-to-wall, Holy Spirit, Christness. And if you don't understand that, then you're going to say and you're going to create a harvest of negativity. You're going to come out of your humanness. You're going to come out of your soul rather than your spirit. And you're going to begin to say things, and, and many of you need to correct your words, and some of this you learned back in Word of Faith, but it had no power because we didn't understand the full process. We understood confession. So you, if you're saying, I am poor, see, you don't understand that you're in union with the Father because there's nothing poor about the Father. You don't understand that you're a joint heir with Jesus because there's, our, our, um, there's nothing in our inheritance in the new covenant that would make us poor. If you're saying, I am weak, I'm not able, I'm always in need, I am, I am a slave to my past, 
There's nothing that bugs me more than people that say, I am a slave to my past. And they demonstrate, they speak it, they let you know that they are. If we don't have this identity as divinity that, that, will, uh, that will be what the unrenewed mind drops into our, uh, our heart, into our creative process, we're going to create what we don't want. You're going to get a thought. If your mind is not renewed, listen to me very closely. If your mind is not renewed, you're going to listen to a voice that drops a thought into your mind. And that thought into your mind is going, to, is going to explode in imagination. I'm weak, I'm poor, I'm useless, uh, I'm a slave to my past. Your imagination builds on that. The movie gets longer every time you imagine it. And out of that imagination, then you're going to drop that negative into your heart. And it's going to grow. Uh, you and I both know people that, that, that have, are reaping a harvest of negativity that they have created themselves by what they say from a heart flowing of abundance that has come out of imagination that originated with a thought that was not true, that was a lie. But you can produce a lie if you want to produce it. And, you, and when you produce it, if you're a Christian, Christians are subject to this, and when you produce this harvest of negativity, you're going you're gonna to look at God and say, God, why'd you allow this to happen to me? You're going to feel that God is at fault for what you have created. And there are multitudes today that say, I want nothing to do with God because of all, all the mess in my life. God didn't create the mess. You created the mess. Now, I'm not talking to babies here this morning at the Digital Cathedral. I'm talking to sons and daughters that are manifesting. I'm talking to sons and daughters that have got some maturity. Over in Galatians chapter 4, we've read this a number of times, but again, these things need to settle in our spirit and they need to settle deeply. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 4. Now, we, we should have come through all of this by this time. Galatians chapter 4 says that the heir, as long as he's a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he is master of all. See, you should have come through that time. We, we went through a lot of years that we, we said, man, I'm, I'm not getting everything that's been promised to me in Scripture. I don't understand it. Well, the fact is we were immature. If you've been with me at the Digital Cathedral, we've been on a process that, has, that is embarking on a maturity, that we are no longer an heir that, that doesn't understand what they have, and so we have experienced nothing. That's what he's saying. If you're an heir but you are immature, you're going to experience nothing, which leaves you in no better position than somebody that is not an heir. He's under governors and tutors until the appointed time of the Father. Even so, we, verse 3 says, we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the law, or of the world. Verse 4, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law. Now that should be exactly right where you're living. The appointed time of the Father has released you. You have, come through, you have come through some years of maturity, some growth. There have probably been some bumps or been some negativity along the way, but you have learned from it, and you have learned in those states when maybe you've tripped and fall, fallen. You've learned that those played a part in the development. Some people are, are really angry at pastors or schools that they went to that they didn't learn the truth. Let me tell you something. They played a part in making you what you are today. You are at a point in verse 4, Galatians 4, verse 4. The Father is releasing you. You're not a child anymore. You're developing as a son. So 
If you're a son, then I have to ask you this morning, what is your I am? What, what is it that you're creating? What is it that you, what voice are you listening to that has put a thought into your head that you've allowed your imagination to finely tune until it's dropped into your heart and now you're speaking it out your mouth? What, what are you picturing in your mind that you're uh, desiring your heart to produce? What, what is it really? What, what is overflowing out of your heart? What is your imagination working on? And what is your tongue speaking? Because I'm telling you, what is in your heart? Your heart will grow anything that is, that is dropped in there. Your heart has no mind of its own. It's like earth. What is it, Matthew 13? He, he tells us the parable of the seed and the sower. The, the, the ground, the heart will grow anything that the imagination plants into it. See, Jesus learned to speak out of the abundance of his heart, and he said, I am. He said, I am seven times. I can't, I can't prove it from Scripture, but I think from about the age of 12 to 30, Jesus went through this process that you and I have come through where he was developing his awareness that indeed he was a son of the Father, that his identity was divinity. I think Jesus was coming through that developmental process from about age 12 to about age 30, where he understood that he was wall-to-wall Christness. So that when he got to age 30, he could say, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the vine. He, he could say, I am those things. What if Jesus would have said, well, I'm believing, you know, one day I'll, I'll be the resurrection in life. I'm, I'm hoping and praying that somehow the Father will develop me into being the vine. I, I, I wish he would help me to become all that I want to be. Jesus never talked that way. Why? Because he had the assurance that he could say with, with a definite ring to it, I am. I am. And until we can say, I am, we won't be. We won't be. And it, listen, it's not just mouthing the words, I am. It has got to come out of the abundance of the heart. And the abundance of the heart can only grow what the imagination has placed in it. And the imagination can only develop on the thoughts that you get. And the thoughts that you get are totally dependent on the voices you're listening to. The voice you should be listening to is the whisper of the Father in the secret place as you spend time with Him. When you spend intimate time with the Father, He will whisper in your ear, and that creates a thought. That thought that He speaks, let your imagination develop it. Let it, let it, let it make the picture as finely tuned as you can, as definite, every little, every little part of it, and let that sink into your heart. And when that heart grows it in abundance, the mouth will speak it, and what you cannot see will become what you see. What has been invisible up to that point will become the visible. Jesus manifested the Christ. Jesus the human manifested Christ the divine. See, Jesus was 100% human, 100% divine. <clears throat> Let me give you a flash from heaven. So are you. You are Bob, Bill, Mary, Sue, whatever your name is. That's your human part. But you are eternal spirit that is Christ, that is in the image and the likeness of the Father. So we will never attain until we can say, as Jesus said, I am, or as the Father said, I am that I am. Every I am that Jesus said, I'm the life, I'm the bread, bread of life, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the resurrection, I'm the vine. Every I am that Jesus said came out of the Father's I am that I am, and it's the same with you and me. 
Everything I am, everything that I can create, everything that I can grow in my heart, that I can say I am, comes out of the Father's I am that I am. So it's time that we quit bawling and swallowing, asking God to do things, asking God to make up for us. It's time, it's time we put on our big boy britches and we took responsibility for the life that we've created. It's time we did that. If you don't like the life you're creating, I don't care what it, you can change it. You have the creative ability and power to change your life. Every promise in God is yes and amen. He's given to you everything that, that pertains to life and godliness. He's made you a partaker of the divine nature. He's called you a son in whom he's well pleased. What more do you want him to do? See, now we're, now we're, now we're getting this idea of creating, of creation. See, God did, God did not create the world we live in. We created it. The collective consciousness of man has created this world. So as the kingdom, the kingdom is like leaven in a lump. But as that leaven continues to leaven the whole lump, it may not be in my lifetime or my generation, but there will come a time that the collective consciousness of man on the earth is going to tip. It's going to flip and not be what it is now where it's selfish, dog-eat-dog, competition, eye for an eye. It's going to flip. And when the collective consciousness of man flips, the world that man lives in at that time is going to be entirely different. In fact, at some point, it's going to be like heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. So let me get you started on some things. Let me get you started on some thoughts that come from Scripture that I can plant into your mind a word that I can plan in your mind that will be a thought that you can, that you can uh, uh, let your imagination develop, let it fill your heart, and let, let the words of your mouth speak. Now, let me just start with some real familiar scriptures, but I want you to let these be thoughts that you develop. Right, let's start with one. Let's start with First uh, John chapter 2, verse 20. That says, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you need not that any man teach you. In fact, it says in John 2.20 that you have all knowledge, right? You have an anointing and you have all knowledge. So here's what I want you to begin to do. I want you to begin to say, I am anointed. I am anointed. Then I want you to begin to let your imagination, what's that look like? What would it look like if you walked in a real anointing? You know what an anointing is a divine enablement. That's, that's what anointing is. It comes from the Old Testament, means to smear oil on, but when you smear the oil on, it's a divine, it's a divine enablement that's imparted. So when, when 1 John 2.20 says, I have an anointing, I have an anointing, I am anointed. I want you to begin to think about, I am anointed. What does that look like? How would you act if you knew that tomorrow, when you walked out into the world, you had, you had an, an anointing. You had a divine enablement to do what was beyond your natural ability to do. You've been hemmed in so long by your natural ability that it almost seems foreign to you to say, I, I am anointed. Then he, the rest of that 20th verse says, I know all things. I bet you've never said, I am a possessor of all knowledge. You say, well, I don't think that could ever be. There are a lot of things I don't know because you haven't needed to know it yet. It doesn't mean you haven't had the call on yet on your life to know it. You know things beyond your mind. That's the job of the spirit of truth, to reveal to you what you need to know at that present time. So you need, how, how's that gonna look when, when you grasp that you know all things? 
You say, well, that's a pipe dream, brother. I don't, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just begin to, to think about it. Think about it. And when you come into situations you don't know what to do, you're going to find that you have an understanding, you have a knowledge, you have a wisdom, you have a depth, a grasp on things that's beyond what you naturally normally would have ever had. Why? Because your I amness is beginning to manifest. How about 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4? It says it's been given to us, and I just quoted a minute ago, it's been given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. In fact, in verse four, it says that you're a partaker of the divine nature. So how about if you begin to say, I am in possession of everything that pertains to life and godliness. I am a possessor of everything that I need for life. See, that covers the street. <laughs> life and godliness, there's nothing there that you can develop beyond what you need for life and godliness. I am a partaker of the divine nature, verse 4 says. How would that look? How would you feel if you actually began to produce the results of a divine nature? How would you, what would your mental attitude be when you knew that you possessed everything that pertains to life and godliness? You've got to let your imagination develop that picture. You need to let your heart grow in abundance and then begin to speak that out your mouth that you are possessed. Listen, they'll so jack with your prayer life. You're not going to be begging God to give you. What is God going to give you that he hasn't already given you? Seriously. What you need to do is spend your time thinking about what he has already done and thank him for it. Say, thank, Father, I thank you that you have made me and I am of all things that pertain to life and godliness. I thank, that, thank you that you've put in my possession. See, that's the I am that I am. I am that I am has said, you can say I am a possessor of all things that pertain to life and godliness. I give you the, I give you the right to do that. You have that a power. Go tell Pharaoh, I am that I am has sent you. Therefore, I am whatever needs to be to get the children of Israel out of bondage and out of slavery. See, everything I am comes out of I am that I am. We're not bragging on us. We're bragging on I am that I am and what he has put within me that I am now able to create. How about this? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I am God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that I should walk in them. Have you ever confessed that you are God's workmanship? I mean, maybe somebody told you, man, you're a real piece of work but they didn't mean it in a positive way that you are the workmanship of God. You need to confess, I am God's workmanship. He made me just like he made me. He made my ears, he made just my hairline, everything about me, he made, I'm, I'm, I am God's workmanship. He put everything into me, he wired me, he put the circuit boards in me. I am God's workmanship and I was created in Christ Jesus. Never heard that in church, did you? Heard, you ever heard that one in church? Never did. Never entered into your ears from any pastor that you were created in Christ Jesus. You know what you were told? You were told, I am created in Adam. I am created separate from God. I am created a sinner. I am created a man. That's what, that's what they told you. That was a lie. So now you, begin to, you need to begin to put the thought into your, renew your mind, Paul said, and begin to put within your mind the idea that I am created in Christ Jesus. What would that look like? How would you feel? What kind of confidence would you have if you knew that you could never be outside of Christ? See, there's still some of you that think when you do something bad, all of a sudden God's looking on you, he's angry, he's upset, you're outside of Christ, your life is now a mess. 
I am creating Christ. If you begin to let that seed grow in your imagination and you begin to paint that picture and let it drop into your heart and let that grow in abundance of, man, I was creating Christ. I've always been in him. That's what Ephesians 1.4 said, that he placed me in Christ before the foundation of the world. And it goes on to say in Ephesians 1 that I should walk holy and blameless before him in love. I'm holy. I'm blameless before my father in love. Do I make mistakes? The flesh may think so, but daddy doesn't see it that way because I was created in Christ Jesus and he created me for good works. How about if you begin to get the thought, I, I am a worker of good works that God ordained beforehand that I would fulfill them and walk in them. How about if you begin to, to meditate on those thoughts? See, those are just the beginning. Chew those like a cow chews its cud. You know, I'm, I got some old farm roots back there in Michigan. I used to watch cows chew their cut on my grandfather's farm and they would chew and chew and chew. They would swallow it. I'd watch them. About two, three, four minutes later, they would bring it back up and chew and chew and chew it some more. See, that's what you need to do with some of this stuff. You chew it, you chew it, you chew it, you swallow it. You get some stuff out of it, bring it back up and chew it some more. These scriptures, 1 John 2.20, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 4, Ephesians 2.10, I could give you, I could give you 100 scriptures. But you need to chew on those and then keep bringing them up and get more out of it until you can fully digest it. And when you fully digest it, that's when your heart begins to grow it. The, the, the main process is the imagination. It starts with the thoughts. Maybe I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe I was created in Christ Jesus. Then your imagination picks up on that and goes, wow, if that were true, then here's how I would live. If that were true, then this would be open to me. If that were true, then this would become a possibility. Your imagination builds on it and your heart's going, yes, yes, yes. That resonates. Let it drop. And as it grows, your mouth begins to say to yourself, first of all, it may say to somebody else, I think I can do that. I, I'm, I'm equipped. I can handle that. Before you would have said, I'm not even going to try it. I am not able. I am not equipped. See, now that becomes a lie. It's a delusion. And you have just brought something from the invisible into the visible. You have brought it from the unseen into the seen. There is a power that is working within you that is invisible, that is far greater than the visible. Our sonship inheritance gives us access to that power now. That's part of the inheritance. What did John say? First John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you, that creative power, the Christ, than he that is in the world. See, Jesus overcame the world, overcame the flesh, overcame the devil, overcame death, overcame the grave. You know why? So that you could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, I am that I am enables me to be I am. I am that I, I am overcame the world, the flesh, the devil, death, and the grave. Therefore, I am more than a conqueror. I am able to do all things. Renew your mind to that. Get to thinking about that. When Jesus said, I am the way, he was saying this. He's saying, whoever can elevate and transcend with me is going to find the truth in the way. Whoever begins to see that I am the life, they're going to begin to transcend and find the way and the truth. Jesus said this, John chapter 17 and verse 6. I hope you're getting something out of this because I'm getting a lot out of it just teaching it. John chapter 17. Every time I go over this stuff, I'll tell you what. 
Sometimes I go, wow, I amazed myself on that. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> John 17 and verse 16, Jesus said this, you are not of the world just as I'm not of the world. You are not of the world. I am, I am. that's when I, a great I am. I am not of this world. We aren't of this world any more than Jesus was of this world. We rise and enter his life, which is not of this world, so that we can say, I am not of this planet. Have you ever said that? Honestly, have you ever said, I'm not of this planet, I'm not of this realm, I am not of this dimension? Have you ever said that? You are, let me remind you again, you are fully spirit that is having a human experience. You've been taught that you're a human being and you're examining these things that are invisible and the creative power. Everything we talk about, the digital thing, you've examined, looking at it, somebody say, well, I don't know. That's because you're looking at spirit things from a human perspective. You need to flip the script. You need to start seeing out of spirit eyes. See, these, these things in your head, all they do is give you the ability to see the natural, but the real you is inside looking out these eyes. The real you is spirit. Real you is spirit. And the real you tells you all of this is an illusion. It was created by what you can't see. And one day it won't even be. But everything you see was created by a thought. Somebody started with a thought. This book case behind me was start, somebody had an idea to put that in here, it started with a thought. Then their imagination developed it and they put it on the blueprint. So when this house was built, here we come. The guy said, I'm going to build it like that. He spoke it out his mouth and built it. That's why it's there, otherwise it wouldn't be there. It started with a thought. Everything that you can see, everything visible started with a thought in somebody's mind. They may not have been aware that they were creating, but I'm making you aware so that you can create what you want. It starts with a thought, developed in imagination, drops to the heart, it grows. Out of the mouth then you say, I will, I can, I am. Are you with me? That's an eye opener. That's an eye I am not of this planet. I'm not of this realm. I'm from another place. I'm from another dimension. You say you are? I really am, and so are you. That's an, that's an eye opener that brings it into, into view, in a spirit view, an entirely different dimension when you know that you are from above. When Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 16, I am not of this world and you're not of this world, you need to take that as truth. You've never meditated on that one. You've never thought about that one, have you? All right, let's, let's look at a couple more. John chapter 16, verse 28. John chapter 16 and verse 28. Jesus says somewhat the same thing, a little different. He said, I came from the Father and I've come into the world. And again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So Jesus said, watch. He said, I came from the Father into the world, but I'm going back to the Father. He knew where he came from. He knew his mission while he was here, but his, his mission here was not where he was from, was not the dimension. He was going back to the Father. Watch this. Romans chapter 11. You, I bet you, some of you have never seen this before. I'm gonna show you something today that's gonna, that's gonna mess you up. John chapter 11 and verse 36. For of him and through him and to him are all things. All right, now watch. Jesus said, I came from the Father, I came here, and I'm returning back to the Father. Watch what, here's what, what Paul said. Everything comes from God, passes through God, and returns back to God. That's the circle. See, we don't live aligned. We don't have a beginning and an end. That's Greek thinking. Beginning, end. 
We don't have beginning and an end. We came from Father, and we're going through Father, we're turning back to Father. You're a circle, you're a spirit, you're not of this world, you're not of this planet. Now that should elevate your, that should elevate your view, your view. You have a power to transcend earthly power. You are not of this planet. The power that is visible does not hold sway over you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Earth can't stop the power to create that is within you. No power in this dimension can trump the power that has been placed in you and the Christness that you are. Can, can you at least open up to that? Come on, help me. At least open up to that. I, I know I'm opening new things to you. You, you don't hear this stuff in church. No pastor teaches you this stuff. I'm taking you places you've never been. But you maybe had an inkling or you know what? There's, there's more to this life. There's more than what I've ever grasped. I'm telling you there is and we're going there. This is part of it. God is saying, I'm looking for my sons and daughters to manifest. All of creation is groaning, Paul said, for the manifestation of the sons of God. The sons of God that can come into a situation and create a different atmosphere that can create a different environment to live in that can create a different visibility out of what has been invisible that can create things that are seen out of the unseen the power that flows through you the power that flows through you the ability to create is invisible but it's more real than the chair that you're sitting in its ability to create is invisible the power source is in your heart it and it expresses, the power is in your heart and it, that power is expressed through the words that you speak. But the power that is in your heart to be able to create to the positive, to the world you want to live in, has got to come from an imagination that has painted the picture exactly as you want it. Exactly as the life you wanted to live. And that has to be from a thought that has been planted by a renewed mind. Are you with me? All right, now I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 11. I want to read verses 1 through 3, and I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. Now listen to this. Now faith brings our hopes into reality. See, now faith. Faith is always now. Faith isn't yesterday. Faith isn't tomorrow. Now faith. The now faith brings the hopes. Hope is what you have a confident expectation of. That's what your imagination is building. Your imagination is building this confident expectation and is building it precisely as it wants it to be. And it becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for in the visible. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. See, I don't need to see it if I'm creating it. I'm creating it in my imagination. Um, I don't have time to, well, let me just take one. It was about three years ago when I, I, I really began to exercise this. And it was at that time that I went for a physical examination and the doctor found a little irregularity in my heart <clears throat> in, in the EKG. Said, I don't know what it is. I'm sending you to the cardiologist. Sent me to the cardiologist. He did a, a nuclear stress test. He said, yeah, you got a, a blockage. So he said, I need to go in and explore. So they did this, I think it's called an angiogram. They come up through <clears throat> your groin with a camera and the camera goes in your heart and looks around. Came back uh, and said, yeah, you've got a block. He said, it's what we call, check this out, the widow maker. So I'm sitting there with the widow maker. 
He says, but the block, here's the problem. The block is in a place I really uh, can't get to it. And he said, well, I'm not gonna do, I don't wanna do a heart bypass for, for one block. So he said, we'll just put you on medication. So I, I didn't like what I heard. So I went home and I, and I was very definite. I felt like I'm not supposed to pray for healing. Here's what I, what I felt very directed to say. I want my heart to function to the perfection that God created it to function, and I forbid any malfunction. My heart, I said, I am, I am the, the possessor of a heart that functions to the perfection that God created to function, and I forbid any malfunction. I go back into the doctor, he says, look at this x-ray. He said, I wanna show you something. He said, I can't understand it. He said, I can't explain it. But he said, you have grown an artery around the block and it's connected back to the artery and your heart is getting, he said, it's getting all the blood that it really needs to get. So he said, in effect, listen to this. He said, I can't explain, I don't know how it happened. He said, you have had a natural bypass. I created that. You'll never convince me I did not create that natural bypass. By the thought coming into my mind, in my imagination, built on, my heart, my heart is functioning. See, I didn't ask for healing. Healing would have been trying to get the block out. He said the block is there, 100%, 100% block. Not, no flow whatsoever. Widowmaker. I kept in my imagination, my heart, I wanted, I am the possessor, I am the possessor of a heart that was created to function to the perfection that God created it to function in, and I forbid any malfunction. I just kept that. That got into my heart and grew abundance. And I begin to tell people, I don't think I got the, I don't think I have to worry about that block anymore. In fact, I said, I don't have the block. And the reason I, I didn't know why I said it is because I had grown an artery around the block so that the blood could flow. I could, I could tell you several other things that I know that I know that I know that I've created and through this process we're talking about. So he says, in, and let me read this, faith brings our hopes into reality becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. It is all the evidence to require what is unseen. The testimony of faith is what proves generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, he spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to what is seen. Do you understand that? The creator, the spirit, is greater than the creation. This is, this, this is a creation. But the spirit that is within you, the creator, is greater than the creation. So that the creator, the Christ that is within you, that you truly are, can change the creation. It can speak it and bring it in. See, God said, you can't see words. God thought, you can't see thoughts. God imagined in Genesis 1, you can't see imagination. They weren't just any words. They were words that have the power of faith or the picture within, the picture inside you, you can't see the picture that is formed in your imagination. You can't see that with your natural eye, but it's real nonetheless. And then faith is released by the words that connect to the faith picture and describes in detail the picture. That's why I say create it in your imagination exactly as you want it. What is it that you want? 
What is it that you want? We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, which was the, listen, the mind, Christ was the creative agent. I'm, not, I'm probably not going to get through this whole teaching today, what I planned on, but let me get as far as I can. Christ was the creative agent, and the Christ lives in you. Let me, let me show it to you from the scripture, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. This, this is going to blow you away here. John chapter 1. And let me just read the first three verses. John chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He's talking about Christ, the Spirit. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, nothing was made without the Word. The Word created. Now watch verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. The Christ, the Christ took on flesh, and we called him Jesus. The Christ took on flesh, we called him Jesus. Your spirit took on flesh, and we call you Billy or Mary or Bob or Sue, whatever your name is. Your spirit took on flesh. Now watch this. This is mind-blowing. And it dwelt among us. That word among is about the, the, the worst translation that you could put to a word. It, it, the, the word is not among. The, the adjective is the Greek word en. It means in or within. Now watch when you, when you put the right definition. See, when the translators got to that, it blew them away. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to handle it because no, no. And this is why we have not taught the Christ within that is the creative force. Let me, let me put that the way it should be. Verse 14, word became flesh and dwelt in us and dwelt within us. Us is plural, all of us. The word became flesh and dwelt in all of us. You're watching me on the Digital Cathedral this morning. The Christ has always been within you. That's why Paul said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb to reveal the Christ that was in me, not to me, but in me. The Christ had always been in Paul. He didn't know it. People don't know it today. I'm telling you, the Christ is in you. And verse 14 of John chapter 1 makes it absolutely uh, obvious that he didn't dwell just walk around among he was in us or within us all of us so the the christ here's the point the christ that was the creative agent of the entire universe lives in you making you the creator so when i tell you that you're a co-creator you're a co-labor with god the the same creative force that was working with the father is the creative force that is now working out of you oh my gosh that is, if that doesn't blow your friggin' mind, nothing will. The same creative force that came out of the Father comes out of you. You are spirit that became flesh, right? And so you got this heart, this Garden of Eden. It'll produce whatever is grown in there, and it will grow in abundance. You are as he is, right? Now watch this. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40. Luke chapter 6 and verse 40, I'm put, I'm, I'm, if you're not on tilt yet, you need to go back and listen to this about six times because I have put so much in there today that there's no way you're going to pick up on it. 
Luke chapter 6, verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher. I'm the disciple. Christ is the teacher. But everyone who is perfected or perfectly trained will be like his teacher. He and the teacher will be one. Now, the key is fully trained. What does the fully trained look like? I think the fully trained is the Ephesians 4.13. It's coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not Jesus, Christ. Christ, the divine, the active creative agent that dwelt in Jesus, that allowed him to create the, the, the wine out of the water that could take four loaves and five little fish and feed 20,000 people. That same creative Christ lives in you. And as you become fully trained, come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ. Do you understand that? Of the Christ, the Christ. Then the Christ, is, I don't know if this is a word or not, but the Christedness then begins to explode in you. The key is fully trained. I'm fully training you. I'm getting fully trained. We're fully being fully trained on this journey together. So don't leave me. Stick with me. You're, a year from now, five years from now, as we continue to unwrap this, I'm going to tell you what, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be a, a, a creating machine. The world that you live in, the life you have now, the finances you have, the health you are going to be entirely different. Now, I, I don't even want to go to the verse in John chapter 14, verse 12, where Jesus said this. He said, the things that I do, you're going to do also. But he said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. So he said, I'm going, to, I'm going to begin to impart to you before I depart the ability to do greater things than I did. When he ascended, he said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. All authority. There's none, none outside of him. If he's got it all, there's none for any other force or any other power. He's got it all. He said, I'm giving it to you. Therefore, you go. You go. And you baptize and you do the work and you do what I did. And he said, you do greater things than I did. Okay, look, think about it. He opened blind eyes. He raised the dead. He fed multitudes. More than one time he was teleported from one place to another. He got in a boat with the disciples and they found themselves on the other side. There, there are times greater things than he did will you do also. There is a, as the Christ collective consciousness comes in, we're going to find ourselves as the body of Christ doing greater things than Jesus did. If he did those things, should we be satisfied with doing any less? When he said the things that he would do, we would do too. If you contemplate the I am as the Christ within, the unlimited creative force dwells in you. And that unlimited creative force that dwells in you is waiting for your imagination to bring to it the picture of what you want created precisely out of your imagination. And your imagination is waiting for the thought to be presented to it to say, this is what we want. And the thought is waiting to hear the voice of the Father say, this is what I want. This is what you can create. This is what you need to do. Here's the way it will be. Taking that thought, giving it to your imagination, letting it paint the picture, drop into your heart, letting it grow until you can speak the words out your mouth that will be creative and carry the same power as God saying, let there be, and there was.
He's saying, be still, be still, be still. Let me reveal myself to you in ways you've never known so that you can say with assurance, as Jesus said, I am. I am. All things are possible to the I am. Didn't Jesus say all things are possible to him that believes? With God, all things are possible. All things are, he's bringing you union. He's showing you all things are possible. Jesus established in the Father's identity fully. And he knew that all that the Father had, Jesus said all that the Father has, he's put in my hands. He's given it all to me. And Jesus turns around and gives it to us. We're becoming aware now of our I amness. I am one with I am that I am. And let me say again, everything I am comes out of the I am that I am. I am not I am that I am. I know you're gonna read that in some metaphysics and some, some of you are saying, well, what you're saying sounds like this and that. No, it doesn't. I'm keeping it Christ-centered. I am telling you that you can do nothing of yourself. The Father in you, he doeth the works. He's the one that has put the thought in your mind. He's the one that has helped you develop the imagination. He is the one that has grown in your heart, and he is the one that has inspired the words that you're speaking. He's inspired the words I'm speaking to you this morning to impart to you your I amness so that you can know how you can create the life that you really desire, not on your own. He doeth the works. It's him. Man, we've still got plenty of room to grow. We've got all kinds of room to expand. We are just starting. We're just getting into this. It's all good, brother. And believe me, it's all God. My time is up. I actually went a little bit longer today than I normally like to. <laughs> I know I overloaded you, but let me just say, you are the womb of creation. Now let's learn as sons who have been released by the Father how to follow the pattern of the Father and create the world that we live in. God bless you. See you Wednesday night at The Secret Place, and we'll go a little further with it. And next week, we're going to pick up a little bit further, and I'm going to talk to you about some interesting things next week. We might just take a week or two and do a little bit of uh, rabbit trail chasing to let all of this settle in uh, without overloading you more. Okay, so listen to this a couple times, two, three times. Take some notes. Look at the scriptures. The challenges that I give you, take them to heart, begin to develop it. We'll see you next time at the Digital Cathedral.